Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew, always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do. This episode of Turntables, Hip Hop, Culture, and Beyond is presented by Spaces Philly. Check out spacesphilly.com for an assortment of podcasts like The Mark and Dark Show, Both Sides, Nergasm Talk, No Gimmicks Needed, and the upcoming series, Well Fed. Spaces Philly, curating the culture. Then let's start the show. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Welcome to another episode of Turntables, Hip Hop Culture and Beyond. And this is Nina, your resident female hip hop head. What's that? What? Turntables or push the feet? Turntables is the name of the podcast. See, I don't come on your door questioning the name of your podcast. You are absolutely right. I'm going to shut the hell up from now on. Uh, well, as you just heard, uh, to my left, I have my co-host here, Mr. Joe Franklin, a.k.a. Left Brain 88 yep. You want tell the people a little about yourself? Hey, man, first and foremost, y'all should already know me. I'm your favorite cousin. That's number one. Number two, if you ain't following your favorite cousin yet, I'm telling your mama. Follow me on Instagram at <laughs> left underscore brain 88. Follow me on Facebook at Mayor Franklin. Also, have a page you can like, uh, left underscore brain. Follow me at uh, Twitter as well, at Mayor Franklin. Mayor underscore Franklin, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, also, Drunk Thought, Sober Tongue, another episode will be coming soon. So y'all might want to go check that out. It's funny. It's enlightening. It's it's pretty much everything you would look for in a podcast, and I'm not overselling it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not overselling it. Right. <laughs> All right, so... On today's episode of Turntables, we are going to dedicate this show to the one, the only, the queen of soul, Miss Aretha Franklin. That's peace. She passed away August 16th. Um, we were originally going to do the show that day, but, you know, life happens. So we're going to do it today. We're still going to uh, dedicate it to her, though. Um, so there will be a lot of Aretha Franklin um, associated facts and topics here today um, because Although she's a soul singer, hip-hop has its roots everywhere. Um, so that is why we are going to do... Let's do the hip-hop facts first. Okay. So the first hip-hop fact I'm going to do is uh, is Aretha Franklin related. She was the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987. Yeah. So, I mean, mind you, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame only started in 86. Mm-hmm. So that I mean that's still monumental. Yeah. To be the first woman and be a black woman to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I went and I I had a look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it's just like it really is just a bunch of like white dudes yeah. and some a few like rap uh groups like like Tupac, Run DMC and NWA are in there. And then there's some, like, very few R&B, a couple soul. And then they have this category called early influencers. So, basically, where, where rock and roll really came from, mm-hmm. all those people are in there. But they're not real rock and roll. Like, they're not Hall of Fame inductees. They're uh, early influencers. Yes. I'm like, okay. so you mean the people you stole it from? Right. That's what I was thinking. So, I'm, I was just like, let me not. Let me let me, let me not get yeah. on, off on the tangent here. Mm-hmm. My second fact for the day 
is an actual regular old hip hop fact that I probably would have done if this was not um, a show dedicated to Aretha. Um, so apparently Nas co-wrote Getting Jiggy with it with Will Smith and they won a Grammy for it. Who knew? That threw me for a loop. That would even sound like <laughs> something Nas would write. Like, I want to know what hand did he, did he even had a beat or was he just playing and Will Smith just took it serious and ran with it? I don't know, but Nas has never won a Grammy for his own work, but he has one for Will Smith getting jiggy with it and that was released 20 years ago. So he couldn't get a Grammy for You Owe Me Something with Genuine. No, but no see, that we not going to... Of all the songs you could have picked in all of Nas' discography. Because that was the worst decision he ever made in his life. No, bro. You you can't tell me you, you didn't think that was a bot back in the day. No, I didn't. At the, at, in fact, at that time, I thought owe it was a back like you owe your brick. <laughs> first of all, you Nas. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Nas was trying to keep up with the times, apparently. Nas was trying to create some other shit. That's what he was doing. All right, well, we're going to move on to Push the Fader, mm-hmm. um, which if this is your first time listening to Turntables, Push the Fader is where I play a song, usually a hip-hop song, and anyone who is here today, will just be Mr. Franklin, has to guess the sample. Mm, man, watch me struggle, y'all. It's going to be a whole struggle guess. So... We are going to start right now. You ready? Uh-huh. I'm going to give you... I'll give you about 20 seconds of the song. Yeah, because you're not going to get it. The sa- ain't going to waste too much time. The sample is in the very beginning in this song. We don't have to wait too long. All right. Cool. So, and here we go. Maybe I'm selfish. Yeah, I know I'm going to get that one. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'm just wasting time listening to this song because I do not know at all. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Can't let you get this. No, I get more. it. I, I, I get it. I just, I have no idea. I can't, I don't even know where to begin to think, to be honest with you. It's an Aretha Franklin song. I know. It's way longer than 20 seconds, people. She's being generous. I only played 20 seconds of the song. It's cool, though. I'm going to give you a little time. I can't think. Just get a picture. Give it to you. Alright, well, I'm going to play the song for you. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can hear it. Wow. It's a direct sample. This is Call Me by Aretha Franklin. Listen, I'm a little embarrassed. It's definitely a direct sample. <laughs> it's not even like, oh, they yeah, sped no, it up. They like slowed it down. Yeah, this, is, this is it. Direct sample. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> mm. that's, that's my shit. Okay. I'll see. But look, I listened to Aretha before she died because you know everybody jump on it. Everybody and everybody streams go up because mm. they like, oh, such and such died. Let's listen. Yeah. No, bro. I grew up listening to Aretha Franklin. I know you did. I yeah. fucked with Aretha. What about all the queens, y'all? <laughs> so, right now, we are going to move into what we call the cipher. So, let's drop the needle and start the cipher. <laughs> I gotta do the push of team because he's the only one that killed Drake this year. The so. fucking sound effect. Listen, man, I gotta do the push of team because he's the only one that killed Drake. So I gotta do that. I gotta I gotta pay homage. I know we on Aretha Franklin right now. No, it's cool. It's cool. I'm not mad at it. Because he murdered Drake. So I gotta. <laughs> 
pay homage. Listen, he need to pay homage to some scissors and cut them braids off. But we're not gonna talk about that. I so was about to say, my hairline, I'm getting a safari. Okay. We will talk about that on the big side. <laughs> so the topic today, in honor of hip hop's forty fifth birthday, which was just last week, mm. we're gonna discuss who you think the influential rappers are from each era. Okay. And when I say each era I mean from when it was like born, mm-hmm. like in its infant stages, mm-hmm. during the party rap era, during the gold, what they call now the golden era, which is considered like the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. which had a lot of things mixed up in it. You know, right. the whole conscious rap and everything like that. And then gangster rap and so on and so forth. Yeah. Now, if you want to discuss now too, we can. We can we can discuss like the mumble rap era. We can discuss the, like the, how we kind of got back to the party rap era back in the early 2000s when we was in like college because that was an interesting time for rap too. Yeah. So, I'm going to start from top on down. Mm-hmm. In the era of the, like the infant stages of hip hop, and that mm-hmm. means from 1973 on down to about the mid 80s, who do you think the most think influential? The, the biggest, uh, I would say, Grandmaster Flash is probably, I think, one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think African Bambada helped a lot. Mm-hmm. That whole Zulu nation, I think they helped a lot. Um, school, as far as gangster rap, Schooly Day. We ain't that far yet. Oh, we ain't that far. We ain't we in the birth stages right now. Oh man, I'm still listening. Oh, we still <laughs> we in the, in the beginnings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say probably Grandmaster Flash and African Bambada. Um, cool Hurt. Of course. Even though he's not an artist, we're gonna count him because he he started the whole thing. Well, it wasn't. Well, you got the DJ was more important than the artist back though. then. So, yeah, yes, the I mean, DJ so. was definitely more important than the, the, the actually rapper. the rapper. The rapper was just a wordsmith that uh, that complimented the DJ. So I mean, that's where this I'm is very it. true. Because back in the day, the they yeah. would just call MCs CGI, as they right. say. You know, I MC to me means move the crowd. Rock him. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, there we go. Move so, the crowd. So, I mean, that's that's really what your job was. You were just supposed to get everybody hyped. You were the actual master of ceremonies, which is... That's what I was MC about to means. say. I'm going to listen to Styles so. PNC Master of Ceremonies, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's what MC is. You were mm-hmm. supposed to get everybody hyped to hear what the DJ had to offer. Because everybody who was back then, it was just about dancing. It hadn't really evolved yet. Right. We had we, we evolved slowly in the 70s to have all of the elements that would now be considered the core four elements of hip-hop. Right. DJ DJing, MCing, uh, breakdancing, and graffiti. graffiti. Mm-hmm. So, but the DJ, I say, would is arguably the most important part. Yeah, I will do a whole um, a whole other show. So, a turntable down the line, we'll do a show about the importance of the DJ and where has it fallen to now? Because computers. Don't it's even, easy. don't even, no. don't get me started. We're not doing that here. We're, We're not, not doing, doing it here. I'm okay. trying to stay on track, okay. so we don't have too long of a, slu- a okay. show. Because I know we all got stuff to do today. Shout out to DJ Envy. <laughs> oh my lord! No, he's good. actually DJ. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at that part, but DJ Envy himself cracks me up sometimes. He's just not the that best. whole Migos thing. Not Migos. Oh, why did I say Migos? Jesus uh, and Mero. Oh yeah. Listen, they disrespect. <sighs> no, no. No, no, no. I'm sorry. All right. We go, but we're going to... I'm, I'm, I'm going to give mine. I'm real good at getting people on track. I see. But I think... Um, I, of course, have to say the default Sugar Hill Gang. But in mm-hmm. turn... Yeah. In turn... So if I'm going to say the Sugar Hill Gang, I have to say Grandmaster Cass yes. because yeah. he wrote that and uh, didn't get the proper credit. Yeah. Um, I also have to say Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five. Right. 
right. um, you know, because they were. They they started. They were at the turning point where they started to change the game, where it really wasn't just about partying and dancing and being in the park and all that. Um, I'll give it to who else? I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna have to say Curtis, Curtis Blow. Blow. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Curtis y'all Blow. Y'all know why? Y'all know how? Listen, I respect all my hip hop elders, which I think is a big problem now. People don't respect hip hop elders, like all the legends that we have. Mm-hmm. But Curtis Blow, just personally, is not one of my favorites. But I will give him that credit. I'll give him the credit that he did. You know, he took it out um, a little further into the mainstream. And also, there's a little known, like somebody who gets very little credit. I'm going to give some credit to Sequence, okay? Because everybody always credits Salt and Pepper as the first um, female rap group. And Sequence was out there, uh, a.k.a. Angie Stone, as we all know her now, Mm. the soul singer, Angie B back then. Mm. They did the Sequence. um, And they, you probably heard their, um, their song like being sampled throughout history if you listen to um erica badu when she did the remix of love of my life um the beat that is sampled there is sequence we're gonna funk you right on up mm-hmm. we're gonna funk you right mm-hmm. on up yes yeah, so that that and she actually had angie stone on the song i don't think sequence gets enough credit oh. for sparking the uh the hip-hop evolution of women right um so we can move on a little bit because I don't want to dwell on each era too much because I don't want I don't want us to be here all day. Mm. Um, so we're gonna move on to the party era. Okay. So like the party going into the like con- more conscious era. Okay. I'm gonna start off with Run DMC because mm-hmm. they were huge. Yeah. Um, and I think they brought everybody into the mainstream. They brought hip hop a little more into the mainstream when they worked with Aerosmith and they walked this way. Yeah, but that was like rock. The only reason why I don't consider Run DMC, it's not that I don't consider them, it's just that they was like rap, but they was they moved into that rock yeah. sound that kind of threw me off a little. But I think that was that's kind of like I think they did it for the culture because it showed that hip hop don't have to be in a box. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. That and listen shows to this day are still considered uh like a standard it's like a, a mm-hmm. hip-hop standard yeah. and i know that had a lot to do with the culture up there and like new york how everybody wore them mm-hmm. they brought them to the forefront and actually made a song about them what? so it was just like all right cool i'm with that um like in that era i'll have to give credit to salt and pepper who mm-hmm. brought women a little more into the the main the, the um the forefront there um, and had some, they had some bops, mm-hmm. even though some people tried to discredit them because they didn't really have no quote unquote street cred. Street cred yeah. They were, and they were willing to do more poppy sounding songs sometimes, but I'll give them that. Um, and then who else? I will, in this era, I will give some credit to Roxanne Shante also, mm-hmm. um, because she showed that when you're in the time frame now where you have Salt and Pepper Little down the road. She was like, I'm out here hanging with dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, I could out-rap the best of them. Right. So, don't try me. Don't come mm-hmm. for me unless I send for you. Mm-hmm. Now, what she did after she, um, you know, <laughs> after the fact, we ain't gonna talk about the, the, the well, fake degrees and all that. So, but, I'll give her that. And then, um, I'm trying to think who else off the top of my head because I didn't actually write everybody down. So, go. you can go ahead. Well, uh, Early 80s, I mean, I gotta go. Well, early 80s, I'm thinking more gangster rap, so I'm thinking of the Schoolie Bs, the Ice Ts. The Ice Ts? 
That's late eighties. That's late. Wait, Ice T was before uh, NWA, right? So yeah, but that's still like late eighties, early nineties. Mm, right now I we're NWA in like was the like late eighties, early nineties. They are, sure. but right now we're in like the party era. The the so early we're going early eighties hmm. to like around that time where I threw Curtis Blow in the birth in in that because he's still he's, more he's party, yeah, era, but you know. But I in that that area, so hmm. it's like early eighties to like. Who's, honestly, to like the late really, 80s or who's so. Who's early 80s then? Because everybody I know of was late. Because you got I mean, G Rap and Rock Kim and everybody was late 80s. Um, yeah, but they're I but they're more in that golden era. Yeah. So it's kind of like you. I didn't want to have it. I don't want to mash everybody together from the time like from 73 on to late 80s. Oh no, 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 no. There was a different wave. Yeah. So it was way like different. So was it? Let's just say that it's a, yeah, a different wave going. It's definitely on. a different. Definitely a different wave. So even if it was all the same like era, mm-hmm. they had different different wave. Yeah, definitely a different wave and a different way they uh different way they approach things. Yeah. So I don't know who you got anybody from the early eighties from no. the early to mid eighties or, or late eighties rather. Oh yeah, definitely late eighties. I mean, if you're talking about late eighties, because everybody in the late eighties inspired the golden era. Yeah, so, so we can just go. I mean, I can. I think I consider that a part of it yeah, as well. I mean, so we'll we'll just move on then. I mean, you got the top three. I, you know, it's crazy. I kind of I wanted to throw Biz Marquee a bone, but the problem is, once I found out that Kane wrote one of your biggest hits, it was like ah. Well, yeah, because <laughs> it's like, but back then it was like people prided themselves on not having not Ghost other people writing. not writing stuff for them. Right. So that. Now you find that out. Now it's kind of like, well, damn, that kind of tarnishes the. It does, but he did have a style. Like he had a style that I don't think could be written. Like you can't write somebody's style. You can write their lyrics. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, write you, can't style. you can't write their delivery. Yeah, it's like so you it's gotta like, give somebody credit for I that. I give them that. Yeah, that. I definitely give them that. You know, unless somebody jumps in the booth and says, "Do it like this," and then you go and do it exactly like them, then but, we got a problem. Yeah, we got. Uh, but if problem. you have a signature delivery and right. somebody writes words for you, and he did. Especially his little beatbox thing. Uh, you got <laughs> Dougie Fresh. You got Slick Rick. They was definitely in, a, in, a, in effect. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, of course you go, for me, G-Rab, Kane, and Rakim is just, to me personally, is no, you got LL Cool J. He was definitely doing his thing around mm-hmm. that time. I don't know who he influenced. I, I don't know how much he influenced. <laughs> no, like not saying. I think but he did. Not saying, I think he was, I think he influenced like in terms of a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. But we if we go in straight conscious rap, I think I don't think he really did much in that era. But I definitely think he was a good uh era parent to like the run DMC. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that. But um I mean uh who else? I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I pretty much mentioned who I think was the biggest the biggest influences at that time. Um give Bismarck his credit. Oh, right, I'm gonna say Bismarck. Okay. But right. <laughs> I was struggling, but I'm I'm gonna give him his credit. All right. So for the um we, cause we, for me, I'm going back a little. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give some credit to the Fat Boys, because if there was no That's buff true. of the Fat Boys, there'd be no Dougie Fresh. That's true. Um, I'll give some credit to, um, of course, Public Enemy, Ooh, because Public Enemy, I think, were some of the first to really spark the change. Yeah, from that was in the eighties. Yeah, that's okay. what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the. So Public Enemy were the Jeez, first to really, some of the first to really spark the change besides Grandmaster Flash. Now, I I like including Grandmaster Flash in that birth era because he was around 
really, you know, perfecting his craft as a DJ. Right. And then he became more at the forefront of the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. But he really started to change with the message. But Public Enemy took it to a new extreme. Yeah. And was like, look, <laughs> we here, we black, listen to what we got to say. Right. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. <laughs> so, yeah, like that was, if that ain't a film, if that ain't a film, white people, I don't know what that. So I, I'll give them that. I will always have to give credit to a tribe called Quest. They personally did a lot for me. That whole Native Tongues Collective. Mm. Um, I'll give, uh, I will give credit to because they was like we, they were about moving the culture forward. Okay, we're moving into the nineties. So it's yeah. So any anything that's. Anything that's I'm gonna in tell that you what wave. I think even in the early '90s, I think Common had a little wave in the early. Oh 90s yeah, Common Common Sense insane. had yeah. quite a wave. He yeah, he, he was, was cool. Insane. I think he was dope. You know, I used to love her. Um, it's still a classic hip hop record to this day, mm-hmm. um, and I think it always will be. Um, and I just the way the wordplay and everything in that that song and the way he delivered it. Um, I'm trying to think of a lot of folks like Rakim, of course, oh, one of man. my personal faves. Oh my god! Um, I Word think everybody's Smith. first. The God MC, I think he's everybody's yeah, personal he, he fave because he's such a he was such a wordsmith. I mean, the message. The crazy thing about it is the message in his lyrics is simple, but he was such a wordsmith with it, and I think he sparked that that style and guys like Big, guys like Jay Z, all of that. So it's like you know, fun fact. Supposedly. Eric B. did Summertime by Will Smith. Wow. And that is the reason why Will Smith's flow is so slow in that song. Because he was replicating what Rakim would have done. Mm-hmm. Because that was a song that was most likely meant for Rakim. Yeah. Wow. Fun fact of the day. Mm. Um, but... And you know what's crazy? The, the Prince can get busy. I Yeah, I mean, back in the day, I thought Will Smith was dope. I personally like the brand new funk Will Smith. The that's, Fresh that's, Prince Yeah, Will that's Smith. the Prince. That's the Prince. Not, not, jiggy, not getting jiggy with it. My lovely, uh, my lovely husband likes the getting jiggy with it, Big Willie style ever. He is. He's a special kind of man. So I, <laughs> I'm just like, bro, I can't. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not a fan. Nah, the I'm not a fan at all. Busy. The Prince got busy. So yeah, I mean, I like to give it to all of them. Like you know, the the native tongues, they really. They was out here with a message, and they won, and they were dope enough for you to listen. Your De La Souls, your Queen Latifah, mm. um, Black Sheep, Moni Love. Where's uh, the Black Sheep? <laughs> you know, that's my <laughs> shit. And I asked for that to be played at the wait, and too, and they didn't play it. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me come back. No, I get it. Back. I get it. I understand. Be- so Earth. That's my favorite, one of my favorite songs. Ooh, come on. <laughs> I knew that I... You know how now we make fun of kids and be like, if you knew your schoolwork like you know them games, if you knew your schoolwork like you know them songs, that was that that was a song for me. I was like four or five years old singing that song word for word. <laughs> I could not tell you how to comp- like structure a sentence, but I could tell you black sheep choice is yours from top to bottom. So, <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> So I don't know what that means, but it was bruh. <laughs> bruh. So nice I wanna give it though. um nice and smooth. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen, man. It was a good one. It was a good song. Um oh we Gangstar. I gotta give Gangstar mm-hmm. um some credit. Good MC. Um because Guru MC? Guru was Oh my god was a game changer. He mm-hmm. and then when he got into the mid nineties and he was doing the whole Jasmine task 
Um, that was that was dope. When he was just like, you know what? I'm going to really take actual legitimate jazz beats and you know, credible like credible jazz artists mm-hmm. and make songs and just rap over them. You know, mm-hmm. if you I don't know if you ever heard it, um, but check out his he has a few jazz Mateo's albums and mm-hmm. he has all kinds of people on there. He has um, like Lonnie, uh, is it? No, I know he has Roy Ayers on there. Who did he have? Who else? He had quite a few people on there. Off the top of my head, I'm going blank right now. Of course, because I need to like promote it mm-hmm. and sell it to you. It's not going to come. Mm-hmm. But I know for but sure he had quite a few. Um, I want to hear that. I want to hear it because now you're fusing jazz or rap. Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they started that kind of in the late early, late late 80s, early 90s. Right. When you started getting more into your Tribe Called Quest type. Um, I wonder if that like kind of... If that kind of inspired Kendrick on it to pimp a butterfly, I'm sure jazz with uh the traps because he he fused jazz with the trap sound, mm-hmm. but this, th- that's a different ever. That's not a trap sound. That's a like a boom bap type rap sound. Yeah, so. I'm here. Look, I'm a maybe we should we should call it this instead of the golden era. We'll call it the boom bap era. Yeah, um, you of course you got to give some credit to KRS One, who was like I'm gonna go from your criminal minded mm-hmm. to knowledge reigns supreme. Mm-hmm. And y'all gonna y'all gonna listen because I'm dope. Yeah. So I mean I I'll give him, even though some stuff. Again, I'm like y'all y'all killing me. Like I can't stand hearing all this stuff now. It comes <laughs> out that makes me look at people completely different right. and be like, well, damn man, why why you had to? Oh very different saying that. But we gonna move on to the gangster rap era. Oh my god! I think this is From where top to bottom. I think this. This is where rap really like it. It went from hip hop mm-hmm. to rap, right. and it really took off mm-hmm. because of all the outside publicity, the whole the steamrolling the CDs, the putting the parental advisory on right, CDs, yeah. and everybody coming out and saying rap music is bad, yeah, you yeah. know. It, but now you got people who are just like, hmm, rap music is bad. Let me listen. So mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't came and opened up a, a door for these like these cats yeah. that you was like, oh. I don't, um, you know, I don't want y'all listening. But what happens when parents tell their kids they don't want them listening to shit? They oh, go they and they listen, listen yeah, to of it. Of course, of course. So well, it was the safest place for, excuse me for this, y'all, but it was the safest place for little white kids to, that's the closest they could get to the hood, but mm-hmm. still feeling safe. To delve into the culture and yeah. be like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. So I think that because before that, rap might not even been in your suburban homes. No, absolutely not. But That's y'all wanted to start getting upset about it, and now... No, they're checking it out because y'all banned it. Y'all bringing it to light. Like, hey, this is a thing called rap. That's bad. So now your kids are watching what you're saying. Exactly. And that's where they're getting the idea. It's because like, somebody's kid was listening to it before all of this, which is why it started in the first place. But there's plenty of other children who had, who no, had no idea. idea. That's the thing. I think, honestly, I think most of them had no idea. But the few that did was listening to it loud mm-hmm. based off something they might have seen on TV and mm-hmm. now it seems like a way bigger deal than what it was. But you reported it so now you made it a bigger deal. You made it a huge deal, actually. Yeah. So, I'm going I'm to give it, especially because we're here in Philly. Mm-hmm. If y'all don't know, we are based here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to give some credit to Schoolie D. Alright, yes, Schoolie Kate. D don't never get... I can't say he don't ever get it. Schoolie D doesn't get as much credit from other places as he should. Okay, Parkside Killers. Killers was the first legitimate gangster rap song I can remember ever hearing. Mm-hmm. I'm still listening to the album. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know nobody, 
he's a little bit reclusive. Mm-hmm. People don't really get too many interviews with him. I remember seeing, um, I believe it was a Netflix special called Hip Hop. I think it's called Hip Hop Evolution. Mm-hmm. And it was like a few episodes long. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I don't know how he managed to do it, but he got a lot of people. He got Grandmaster Flash. He got Grandmaster Cass. He got Schoolie D. Um, he got Curtis Blow. He got a bunch of people, like from the early hip hop time where you don't hear from much anymore. Right. Schoolie D doesn't do interviews like at all. I'm sure. So. I'm like, that's dope. And then another fun fact, Schoolie D did the um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew about that. Theme song. I knew about that. In case you it. didn't know. But, um, I respect that. <laughs> I would have did it. But, yeah, like, he doesn't get much credit. Of course, you got to give credit to the West Coast. The West Coast um, was really, really, um, I'm trying to think of the word. I think I don't they know were why. instrumental. There um, you go. Yeah, yeah. That's the word I was trying to think of. They were instrumental. But, I mean. In, in the, the whole gangster rap. Mm-hmm. Because you know you got your NWA's, your Snoop Dogs, your all that you yeah. know, and yeah. then your offshoots of the NWA year, mm-hmm. Ice Cube's, your Dr. Dre's, above the law. Uh, we can go on and on about that. We <laughs> really can. Everybody you really can that. because the West Coast was really they was loaded. They yeah. was loaded. I mean, we had. I mean, we had some on the East Coast, but they surely was did. loaded, and it was all off branches of each other record label. Like above the law was with our Ruthless Records. And they had a few other people. I don't want to say a few other. I don't want to mention all these names, but what was the uh, the Spanish group that was with it? Um, Who? It was a Spanish group. I think they're seeing. Uh, you talking about Cypress Hill? No, no, no. Um, now I gotta look it up in my phone because this is for La Raza. Oh no! They was what? They was with it too. I'm over it. They was with it. They was a hundred percent. I believe everything they said in that song. And they view, they view, they fuse the trip that jazz sound into it too. Oh my gosh! I, of course, for my for my East Coast, Kid Frost. Oh lord! For my East Coast, I gotta give it to Wu Tang and Nas, and because this is their the. Oh god! Tired just Oh my god! Why would you pull this one up of all the songs? You know what this is for. You know what this is about. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Bruh, cut this off. I'm not even. I am not even. Oh my god, that was hilarious. I gotta give it to like Wu Tang and Nas and all of them. Yeah, no, definitely. This is the era that they came out and really. They ripped. They did. They ripped. Where it was like, this is, to me, uh, Cream and New York State of Mind. Ooh. These are some of the best storytelling records that we have. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. It was just like, this is really grimy. Because I can't consider them quote-unquote gangster rap. No. But it was like, this is grimy Mm -hmm. New York. This is where we came from. This is the life we live. So it was like, all right. I mean, I'm with it. Even if you wouldn't consider them in the same boat as... Um, you know your NWAs and everything. What you could you could arguably do. Yeah. Um, it's all in the same. It's all in the same way. It's all. It's all in the same era. It is. It, the difference is records sold, but I don't. I don't base your stature on how many records you sold. Some mm-hmm. could, but I don't. Method Man, when he raps, he you know who he reminds me of. Like we, he reminds me of a kid that like actually worked a job but then turned criminal. <laughs> Like you know, he just does. Like think about it. You you hear a song like Cream Cash Rules Everything Around Me. That sounds like somebody that tried. Look, man, I tried this job thing. Four dollars an hour just ain't enough. That ain't doing it. Oh, ain't no. Listen, man. Kooji Rap said it. Said it best. All the freaks wouldn't speak because my checks was weak. 
Who's your Yo. rap is your dude? Huh? That's your dude, ain't it? Yeah, G-Rap, that's my guy. Oh, my God. That's my guy. I'm going a little further into, like, the late 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the late 90s had its own um, its own style, too. It was like you had, this is the emergence of your DMX. Like, when DMX was was hot. Yeah, but the, my only problem with the late 90s, it just seemed like Rockefeller and, and Rough Riders just dominated everybody. It seemed like in the early to mid-90s, everybody was... If you wasn't big, everybody was pie. here. Everybody was coming up and everybody was here. When you're talking about the late 90s, it's like, it's either Rockefeller or Rough Riders. Nas was doing his thing, but it, it felt his platinum didn't seem the same. <laughs> it didn't seem the same. But, but I will say the mid to late 90s and early 2000s-ish, yeah. that was a time when we really got a taste of the rest of like other regional rap mm, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that you didn't have before, and because they started blowing up, you got you had your you had New Orleans where you had um, like Cash Money, mm-hmm. all the Cash Money guys. That's when Lil Wayne first came; he first appeared. You had Juvenile, yeah. Cash Money taking over for the nine nine yeah, in the two thousand. I just know that nine nine in the two thousand. So you had you knew she was going to twerk something you, when he said that. <laughs> You had that. You had, um, oh God, the Ghetto Boys, mm-hmm. um, Scarface, who is still dope Which to this was, day. Yeah, but he was doing this thing in the early nineties. Um, he but, was. They yeah, both. They all was. But they made that but, emergence. I know what you mean. They but like the mid to late nineties is when you started getting a, a little more of a taste of Southern, Southern rap. Yeah. Oh, Too Short. How we forget about Too Short? Uh, too Short was his own, in his own lane. Cause everybody else in the West Coast was just like. I'm going um punch you. I'm going you know shoot you, yeah. but uh too short was he like was what's pimp. his favorite word bitch. <laughs> Why you gotta say it like short? Cause he the- <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Listen, hey. I l- blow the whistle. I don't care. Hey, Everybody, you can you can you know have an office job and all that. Blow the whistle. Come on, just like if back that ass up. Come mm-hmm. on. Y'all you know what y'all doing. Y'all know what y'all got to do. You fitting to fuck it up. Y'all know what y'all got to do. So it's like, but you so you, you had people who had. There was other avenues. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't just up. south. It wasn't just west coast and east coast at this point. Mm-hmm. It was kind of what okay. What did uh, Andre okay. Thousand say? Oh he said the well, south got something to say. Good. The right. south did have something to say. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Cause then in the cause then once you get to the the two thousands like the early two thousands we was in like college and mid two thousands then you got to Atlanta really blew up. Sheesh. Everybody and their grandmama was getting record deals. I was about to lie and say, I'm from Atlanta, so I can get a record deal. <laughs> they really was. It was like so many Atlanta acts. Jeez. You know, Lil John came out and was just like, I'm finna bring the entire hood with me. Hey. Him and T.I. And T.I. was just like, I'm finna tell you what trap no, music come is. Atlanta, come on no, Atlanta. not Petey Pablo. <laughs> Bruh, he had two songs disappear, popped up on an episode of Pyre, Empire, <laughs> and this, uh, Disappeared again. You know what though? North Carolina made they they more than raised uh, they more than made up for it because you know of course little brother. Yes, it's like the people. Then you I got J Cole and you got love So Fonte. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah. <laughs> I love Fonte. Who don't? Who I don't? I would love to meet this man. And be like, bro. I wish I had a Twitter because he responds to people on Twitter. I love him, but I think that. That was all that was open. Those doors were open by your outcasts, right. your ghetto boys, mm-hmm. you know, even Cash Money, because they had they that bought bounce music yeah. to the forefront. Because people were just like, oh, no doesn't sound quite different than everyone else. I wonder what else they have. You know, so- <laughs> you know who else could have had a spark if everybody followed suit. I think VA 
could have had something going if everybody would have followed suit. They you do. Got Timbaland. Hmm? They got Timbaland. They got Pharrell. Yeah. That's But they're that. So that sound is infused. Right. In everybody else. Yeah. Oh, how could I? How could I forget? Pharrell. My girl Trina. Oh yeah. And Trick Juvenile Daddy. couldn't even back that ass up. <laughs> That's crazy. And Trick Daddy, cause they put on for Miami. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Arguably, without your Trick Daddies and without your Trinas, you wouldn't have your Rick Rosses. Because at that time, mm-hmm. Rick Ross was, you know, That's somebody's CEO. That's so, <laughs> arguably, you, <laughs> arguably, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't have had them without that because that was part of the South. Some, for some reason, people seem to forget that Florida is part of the South. How? Um, like whenever you say down South, mm-hmm. they, I've actually heard somebody say, "No, Florida, my guy." Definitely South. Florida is the most southern you can get. You know, no, <laughs> like I, literally, like they're the bottom of the country. Right. I'm lost. I, no, but I think we're forgetting about the Midwest. Well, maybe because the Midwest only had Nelly and the St. Lunatics. Well, no, they had, you got some. You, that's discrediting a whole lot of people because Chicago has quite a few no, people no, right, that came right. out of Chicago. Of you know, your Kanye's. Kanye. Even before he uh, was crazy, when he was backpack Kanye. No, he was killing it. He lost he the comment was, in the rap battle, but he was killing it. Was did you? Why did you think that? All right, but you I, got Lupe Fiasco, who eventually mm-hmm. came out of Chicago. You got Common, who came out of Chicago. You got mm-hmm. your car. You got Chance the Rapper, who came out of Chicago. BJ Chicago Kid. We have a lot of people right. who came out of Chicago. Yeah, that's um, true. even for, for any from any kind of different taste. Detroit too. I forgot about Detroit. Slumville. Yeah, you think uh, it's a lot of Detroit? I think. Should have never fell off the anybody's music map no. with the Absolutely. home of Motown. Mm-hmm. They they run on music and cars. Well, Big Sean is still <laughs> carrying a flag for them, so I'm not going to I'm not going to say they completely off just yet. Cause oh no, I'm not saying that they they are. I think that they there are a lot of people who come out of Detroit um, and out of that area that um, that area because they're influenced by your Aretha Franklin, True. your Temptations, your everybody on them um, on Motown or from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, is a very musical city. It's just like here in Philly. Philly's a very musical city, but I, I think that. a lot of people it it falls it falls in the shadows of New York. Right. So everybody's always just like hip hop, hip hop, hip hop from New York. But do you think Philly, because we so close, or do you just think because I think it's because we close and because the culture's kind of meld. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but it's like. Philly here, we influenced a lot of the the sound, like the sound of Philadelphia, a lot of stuff that's sampled for yeah. uh, hip hop records. Where it's not especially. necessarily, you know, we we got our hip hop acts, you know, we yeah. got our roots, we got our um, freeways, we got our Beanie Seagulls, yeah. we got plenty of people, uh, Schoolie D, who we just talked about, who are from here. Even um, Meek, I think Meek, and this even in today's climate, he he carved out a lane that really can't be replaced. Which is mm-hmm. why even he can lose to Drake and still be relevant in the game because mm-hmm. he just got a lane that you can't really, you can't get Meek. That's one thing I like about him. If I don't like the albums or the projects, mm-hmm. I like the resilience. I like the attitude. So. Yeah, I mean we ride hard for our people here. We do. I remember when Meek was on the because everybody now everybody like, y'all just was laughing because he was taking L's because it's, it's I mean, kind of funny. funny. <laughs> Social but media is funny. I remember even when I wasn't really listening to like the new because I stopped listening to rap for a while. Right. Um, and I was just like, it's lost on me. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I decided to give it a try again because I was like, I can't be, I can't say I'm really a hip hop head and not give it a chance. Right. So I remember when ugh, that damn song, 
in my bag was on Power 99 before mm-hmm. he really broke. Yeah, yeah, braids. They, uh, yes, braids, Meek. <laughs> Ramik. <laughs> yes. Before, ain't his name Robert? Robert, Robert. Listen, <laughs> Robert, Robert, Before Robert, Robert, killing him. He killing him. Got big, mm-hmm. you know, and he had In My Bag. What was the other song he, is, he had? Uh, yeah, it was in my bag yeah. and something about a party. Thing. I don't know. Y'all know. I don't house listen to it at the time. Yeah, it was at my house party. Yeah, yeah. that John. I remember, you know, people really like being hype about Bull. Yeah. And then he finally he broke through. He broke through and got a deal. And the rest is history for now. But I mean, oh, we completely almost got off the topic. So from the early. To mid two thousands, like well, not to mid, from early two thousands to two thousand ten. I feel like rap kind of went, or hip hop, it was all over the place. It was. It was going real wayward. It was. It was just like so. I mean, in that time frame, we did get Lil John, who we just talked about, who put on a lot of, you know, um, I think his sound Mm -hmm. put on a lot of Atlanta acts. You know, you had your remember the like your young bloods. <laughs> you had your young bloods. That snap music. That's what it was back. You know then. what it was because I don't think we wanted to. I don't think hip hop at the time could decide what needed to be. I don't want to say that needed to be at the forefront, but what was going to be the most popular? We was all over the place because we didn't know it was most popular. Bars mm-hmm. or snap music or mm-hmm. whatever. Was it going to be creating a dance? Or was it going to be bars? It was. It, it was, was back and forth. It was a. It was a weird time because right. you was coming out of the late '90s where you had people who was like coming at you real hard, like your DMXs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also had people who were making snap music like D4L. Yeah. It was a really really weird time. Weird and Kanye time was, for even, rap, even and you had and Jay Z was still out still putting out it. crazy records. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention him. Yeah. I don't know how, but we did. Um, well, from the time. from the mid 90s on yeah was he was i mean i don't think we need to say too much about, yeah it's like cool. but then even but even the guys that weren't aggressive combo sold very well in the 2000s he went he gold surely up. did yeah, he like did water for well. chocolate Ooh. oh my god the roots i think the roots put out some of their best work in the late 90s early 2000s because things fall apart is one of my favorite hip-hop albums to, mm-hmm. to date um even after everything that's came out from 73 till now still on my list because it's, it's crazy how even with Snap Music, a Kanye West can still go platinum. A Common can still go. Because those were the most popular things. I really appreciated that part. That about the early to mid 2000s. Yeah. Because it was like, there was so many different lanes. Because now, I think that's why a lot of people... I know, of course, now... Um, People like to hate on the new age rap, like the mumble rap and everything. Because essentially, we don't understand it. Yeah. People who really are... Um, like into hip hop from the early 2000s back don't really completely understand um, what is what's happening so I think that that's the but we grew up in an era where it was like you had so many different things going on that to offer like you had T.I. who was out here introducing quote unquote trap music mm-hmm. and then you had off of that wave you had your Young Jeezy you had your Gucci Mane you had so many people that came out when, in a trap music lane and then you had people doing Snap the mm-hmm. whole you know the, the D4L and them franchise boys and 
Young Bloods and all that and the, the rest of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Then you had people who were still rapping like hard, like yelling at you, like DMX. But you still had, and you still had the fun records right. that were coming out. So it was just like it was it was a weird time. But looking back at it, it was like I would have. Everybody had a chance to pop, and I think in this era, the problem with this era to me is not that because for me it's not for me to understand. Mm-hmm. Only thing I have to know is that they're having fun. Mm-hmm. The problem is everybody's doing the same thing in mm-hmm. terms of trying to get on. Everybody's trolling. Nobody's creative Nobody, anymore. That's the problem. It's like either you 100% Kendrick or you're mm-hmm. 100% Takashi 69. Yeah, it's like, there's no where's the, middle ground. Yeah, where's the other lanes? There's nothing else. And it's like, uh, that's what's throwing me off. And it's like, I don't think hip-hop's going to die. Uh, some people consider it there. I don't think it's going to die. I think somebody will create a lane. The question is when. I'll say this. I think hip-hop culture itself is dying. Okay. okay, okay. Because like I was saying earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and this will probably be another show down the pipe too, I think hip-hop is one of the only genres where we don't, not say, and not we personally, but as a collective, don't cherish our legends. That's like we is. should. Okay. And that, I think, comes out of the fact that a lot of people don't respect their elders, period. Yeah. I don't mean, and I don't just mean hip-hop. I no, mean, no, like, I mean your grandma. Life. Real life, yeah. So, I think that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the issue comes from the fact that you don't have respect for your elders. We don't respect our legends. So, you don't respect where it came from. It's like, you. how do you know where you're going if you don't know where you came yeah. from? Right. Now, let me ask you this, though. The culture of hip-hop, like, um, when you talk about the culture of hip-hop, does it have to stay the same as it always was and just branch off to a different style? Or can the culture shift based on the demographic of people that took to it? Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that another group should take over hip-hop, but can their culture, let's say somebody from uh, Africa. Mm-hmm. And because we all know where hip-hop came from. It came from here. Mm-hmm. U.S. Black culture, but can they fuse their culture with ours, and we still call it hip hop, or is it that because some other cultures fuse with us, it's no longer? I don't think that's the problem. Okay. That's not a problem. You can have different, like just like we talked about, you can have different waves. The issue is you got to know your roots. That's that's what I agree. I agree. I'm not, and yeah. you don't have a whole lot of people now. I think who know their roots. That's the issue. Um, and or they respect them and it's just like you can say um, you can my bad y'all I'm sorry someone on the computer but um, alright um, you can say alright well I know where rap started and everything but to come out and be like oh Biggie ain't shit. I only listen to his music. Nas ain't shit. You know what and it is. That's the problem because it's like you are entitled to like who you want to like, but you gotta acknowledge that these people paved the way for you to fucking be here. You know what it is? I think a lot of these kids. I don't even know if they honestly believe that. I think some of it is from, from ignorance, but I think a lot of it is from the fact that they being criticized for not knowing and we not giving them a chance to even teach them. Like, prime example. I'll take a little Yachty, for instance. I don't expect him to know shit. And I'm going to tell you why. No, I'm going to tell you why, though. First of all, the kid is from Alabama. How much hip-hop has gotten to Alabama that he should know, Biggie? I expect him to probably know out something about an outcast. Probably. Not even just that. You right next door to the hub of cash money. But here's the thing, though. 
Because his parents introduced him to that. This is a kid. But how who grew can up you? You don't. That's fine. But you don't. You don't decide to. Oh no! Don't 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 think that he grew up with white kids. He just because you're from Alabama. No, I'm saying based on the way he is, his personality, how he do them interviews, he doesn't strike me as a kid that was outside in the mud learning about the culture. He strikes me as somebody who was probably in a house, just a big kid who was kind of like weird. But how is that? But that that's problematic as hell. You're right. No. How I'm do not. you come out and want to be a, a hip hop artist and prof, want to profit off the machine that hip hop has made and not know where the fuck it came from here's or the, what runs it? No, no, no. Here's the thing, though. He never called it hip hop. He was just doing. He was doing what I guess what he called music. You and having fall fun. under that umbrella, though. That's the problem. If you want to rap, that's the problem. There's nowhere else you can rap, and I can. I'm not throwing you in the pop category, and you want to be a rapper. You want to be a rapper. You hip hop. Listen, this, but that's the problem. Listen, I'm not. Just saying, because everybody else wants to be a culture vulture, don't mean that you have to look, part. You have to partake in culture vulturism. Listen, I'm not saying <laughs> that. But here's the thing: I think where we in too deep into this as uh, true hip hop fans, I'm not saying that he shouldn't learn the history. Mm-hmm. I'm simply saying that this is a kid that came into the game who's probably influenced by Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. So then, when he comes in the game, he makes it. We're throwing Biggie at him, and he's like, "Wait a minute! I'm born in '99. I don't even know who this guy is." Mm-hmm. So in defense. He might not even know who Biggie is, but because we throwing these names at him and we're insulting him, like, you should know this, you should know that. And really, he grew up listening to Soulja Boy. He's like, man, you know what? I'm Biggie because y'all coming at me. I'm coming at y'all back. So then he goes back and he does his research and he's like, yo, this dude was kind of ill because that's what he did. Like, yo, this dude was tough. And yeah. I don't think that was a BS apology. I think he actually gave it a listen, probably because mm-hmm. somebody who he signed to, like, yo, you might want to go do this research. Exactly. So but that's the thing. Listened. You don't always have, not a lot of people now, a lot of people, period, not even just now, right. didn't have somebody in their ear saying, you might want to. That's what I'm saying. You know, I wish we were, you know You know what? who can rap, honestly? What? You're going to kill who? me for this. Take off. From Migos? I can believe it. This I think that a lot of these people, like listen, a lot of these kids now does. have actual talent but that's not what sells right now no, what sells right now is the the manufactured beats that sound one and the same and everybody the doing the, yeah. doing the like and it's not necessarily mumbling and they're not saying things but that's the delivery that's hot right now what if you infuse real dj in with the synthesizer shit? Like, i'm not a, i'm not inclined to none of this i don't know how to do it but i think you can infuse i think you can bring the culture back i don't think the culture will completely die i mm-hmm. think you can bring it back but it's going to take somebody to actually try yeah instead of just trying to ride that whatever sells type wave Cause the, and it was crazy because I'm looking at it like, yo, some of these kids can go. And I think they get defensive because we jump on them like, you should know this and you should know that. That's true. That's true. And they just get defensive instead of going. Cause that's a, a, that's a regular human. Yeah. That's, and that's, and that's, what, that's all I'm saying. Because he actually said it. I was like, he listened to Big, huh? I was like, yo, he was actually dope. I'm like, yeah. We tried to tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this is the thing. I, but I'm like, you got to want to, if you really want to move the culture. That's what it is. Forward, okay. You got to want to partake, know where it came from. That's what it it's is. It's like, I, I need you to understand who Aretha Franklin was mm-hmm. and why her influence was important in hip hop. And that's me too. Or any like anybody. Right. Just you know, or who who like funk artists were. I need you to understand that nothing but a G thing was a sample of a Leon Haywood song. I need you to understand things like that. I need you to know there's a lot of there's a lot of our culture, like mm-hmm. black culture period, infused in hip hop. Okay. 
So you, in, a, in essence, you need to know about this genre and about who you are and right. how you contribute to it. And what's your where's, where's your name going to be in the history books? You are we going you going to be a footnote? Yeah. Or are you going to be somebody who moved it for the culture, like the current ones who are kind of moving it for the culture, like your Kendricks, yeah. your J. Coles, even your Migoses, because mumble rap is a part of hip hop. You know, and your futures. You yeah. you got to have are you going to be you know what's crazy? I feel like they moved. The, they are. It's, it's. This is the worst because I don't know how to word this. They are the result of the drug culture. <laughs> I think so. I know. Like, I mean, that's like that the way they really rap. Sound crazy. Not them personal, but the way they rap because the previous era was selling drugs. And this era well, is doing them exactly. So what's the result of everybody selling? Well, exactly. everybody's taking. Everybody's taking them. Now. So it's moving it for it, but now it's like, where do you go from here? Because it has to rehabilitate. This is true. So it's like, where do you go from here? And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that new lane to get created so somebody can say, you know what, this is the rehabilitation part of it. I can see that. I think it's a result of that, of everybody selling drugs and it's glorifying selling drugs. And then eventually somebody starts doing them that and the stigma of mental health in the black community. Right. Because everybody is doing so much to just take away the pain of whatever they're going through. They just like, I'm going to just drink this. I'm going to drink this dirty Sprite. So now, <laughs> I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna drink this dirty sprite. I'm gonna do some wet. I'm gonna do some here. You know they got zanies and perks. That was a thing. I don't know why. Yeah. Perk thirties. No, but oh my God. no, but now they got uh, these radio hosts. Not just radio hosts, but they got people uh, letting black men know, making black men feel like. And I don't want to say black women, black women as well, but especially black men. Only because only reason why I say that is because we're raised to be the most proud, and that's mm-hmm. a nice way of saying we're raised to be the mo- to be the dumbest. Because think about it, from a boy up, any way of expressing your feelings other than anger was considered weak. Mm-hmm. So now at this stage, we're teaching each other, yo, it's okay to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. So now when you, if you infuse that type of attitude with hip hop, maybe that's the rehabilitation stage. Yeah. And at this point, uh, oh, and let's, and let's be clear when I talk about women. At this point, there's no such thing as female rap. It's just rap. Because mm-hmm. these women out here are getting busy. Yep. Busy. It's chicks out here rapping dudes under the table. Shit. But Shit. we're gonna have to move on because I, I know we went on that one for a little bit. Wait. But we're gonna move on mm-hmm. to the B side, which is our news of the week. Um, I'm gonna start with. Hmm, where should I start? I'll start with the smallest news I think that has the least to do with hip hop for real, for real. But it was an interesting story to me. <laughs> so. <laughs> Tiana Taylor got mm. into it with Jeremiah this week. She did. One in the same birthday sex, Jeremiah. So, <laughs> I don't know hardly any of his other songs. I know he got that, uh, no, I'm telling, no, I'm telling, any. I'm like, that's enough to go on tour with? Like, apparently mm-hmm. he has albums that no, people he, were buying. Yeah, he and got, he uh, is headlining the tour. Oh, uh, you. He got, he got some hits. Listen, I'm not Somebody gonna, said that. They was like, he got some hits out know, here. And I was like, know. I believe you, but I just don't listen to him. So, well, I, I, I can't vouch for that. But he has enough that he could do a tour and somebody was coming to see him. Mm -hmm. So, apparently, Tiana Taylor said she was quitting the tour because she had been mistreated. Mm -hmm. Um, She said that they were putting his... um, When she got into this, she was under the impression that um, it was going to be a 50-50 thing. Like, they were both going to be headlining and then they would have opening acts. And I guess since he put together the tour that... She would he would go last like the headliner, mm-hmm. but whatever the case is, she said she made accusations that 
they um, were being disrespectful to her, that they went on before her because she wanted to go first in New York because that's where she's from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they left water on the stage and she fell and hurt herself. Mm-hmm. And like there was just a, a lot of things she was saying that they were doing that was disrespectful to her. Mm-hmm. And now he's been coming back at her saying she crazy and he think that she might have an undiagnosed mental health issue and she was out here wilding from the jump with the tour and but all in all most people were saying already oh well i only came to see tiana taylor i've seen like two different sides of the spectrum here Mm -hmm. there are some people who are like who's tiana taylor and Mm -hmm. then there are other people who are just like wow i only want to see because i only went to the tour because of Tiana Taylor because mm-hmm. she got an album out right now and she's still making music that I like. Yeah. I don't know that much about Jeremiah. I only came to see her. Mm-hmm. So half the room would leave after she performed. And mm-hmm. nobody would be... He'd be, he'd be um, doing a show for a half a house. Right. And so I think he was... He's had issues before. He had issues with Party Next Door mm-hmm. and he got kicked off his tour. He apparently did something where like he didn't come out like a he had a body double come out. Mm. <laughs> it was weird. Like he's done some crazy shit. But now he decided he was going to tr- kind of troll her and talk all kinds of shit and he's been kicked off his own tour. Wow. So now Tiana Taylor is doing the tour by herself. How <laughs> <laughs> did you get kicked off her <laughs> Your own, tour? own tour? Like that's wild to and me. And she changed it. She changed it. It's he called said, keep, keep that, that same shit. energy. Yeah, but that was drawn off of what he said. And he said about that. To her. Yes. Like, wow. So that's that's wild for you to come at her and be like, oh, hashtag keep that same energy. And now that's what the tour is called and you don't have you not getting the money. The one thing about it, though, when he said keep that same energy, I didn't understand Iman Shumper's comment when he said, I'm not sure if it's a threat, but any threat, send them my way. I feel like Iman Shumper just wanted to say something. Like, he got to. That's his wife. Yeah, but it's like you got to find a better way to infuse yourself. Like, Because there was really no threat. It, it was just right. like, bro, like, come on. Find another way to get into that. Well, I think maybe because she was she was like, you don't want these hands and all that other stuff. And as from what I've heard, Tiana Taylor will punch you in your mouth. I could see that. I mean, listen, completely. but even if that's the case, it's like, I get that. But he ain't making no threats. That's a lose-lose. Yeah, you don't have no way. There's no way for you to. No way to win You that. can't come at this girl because then everybody's going to be like, why are you threatening her? Like, you going to put your hands on her. And then now if you do, then Amon Chopper's coming and he's going to bop your little ass in the head. And yeah, that's it. Listen, <laughs> the only way he can score points is to go at Iman Shumper. Other than that, it's like, I'm not. At this point, you you've already lost because yeah, you lost your tour and now you right, not getting no money. That's all the more reason to go ask somebody. You I say lost you anything? lost. Well, you don't have nothing to lose now. Right. But you lost. You you already lost when it was your tour and nobody was there to see you. Yeah, that's true. Because from what I understand, a lot of people didn't even know he was on a tour. I didn't either. I had no idea he was on tour. But if they advertised it, wouldn't you see his name the biggest? <laughs> I don't know, bro. She probably was... Because she was saying... That was another thing. She was like, they wasn't putting her name on the posters like that. Oh, my God. Like, they had his name real big and then hers small. And mm. then they weren't... So, they weren't promoting her part as part of the tour, really. So, then she started promoting herself as part of the tour. And that's why people was like, I only bought tickets because she was on it. Right. I bought tickets for concerts plenty of times and not paid attention to who the other acts were. Because oh, I'm yeah. only here to see X, Y, and Z. I understand. But, yeah. I don't know, bro. I can understand that. But I'm going to move on from that one because... That's what? Nice. I'm going to go, move, I'm going to move on next to what has the bigger meat to the story, but I don't care about it as much as the last topic. Pause. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely pause. How are we not adults? <laughs> I can't. 
So Nicki Minaj. Chung Lee. Woo! She's been having a rough week, bruh. A rough listen, week with this album listen, release. Listen, no, no, let's call this what this is. The album just ain't that good. And my man, you know what's crazy? My man was telling me, well, I'm going to say, one of my guys that I work with, he was telling me, no, I think Nicki Minaj with Best Cardi in a rap battle. At this point, she might. I don't think so. I'm not going to lie to you. If, we can, if Nicki Minaj really reached into her bag mm-hmm. and wrote and went into a rap battle with Cardi B, I... I could probably guarantee you that she might do that. She might come at her and destroy her. However, people have... I feel like people feel like she's going soft at this point because she's making music that sells. These kids that buy her albums and these these chicks that buy her albums are not looking for lyrical genius Nicki. They're not looking for the Nicki on the steps rapping in the projects. They're looking for the Nicki who made Super Bass and uh, Moment for Life and all that. They not looking for um, Beam Me Up Scotty mixtape Nicki. Mm-hmm. They looking for the stuff that she's known for now. Not even necessarily the outrageous wig face. I mean like the she was, she was making music like she didn't have competition. And people got used to that sound and now that's what they want from her. So, if you going to make that argument, then by that logic, she should have put up a way better fight with Remy and Lil' Kelly. I, but now I think... So I think she, what she did was she boxed herself into a corner. Because... Because now you like, I'm making these, these crossover records that's getting me all kinds of money and I have a fan base. But... And then now... So now I have to... Um, pretend like I'm too big to respond to them, which means in turn, you've you've even further alienated actual hip-hop heads who was looking for you to really come at Lil' Kim or Remy's neck. But here's the thing. I think she did come at Kim's neck. That was... I think she tried, but Lil' Kim's thing was, to me, personally, was just too way too much. I think Lil' Kim's was better than Remy's, in my personal opinion. To be honest with me, to be honest with you, it's nothing that she can say to Kim because you stole her whole swag, so... But, but even with that, bars is bars. You, you don't have to expose somebody. If you got bars, you got bars. And, like, the thing about Nicki... It's not even so much exposing the body. She just hasn't shown me. But like, all right, I listened to her first. I listened, not her first album. I listened to this album right here for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I took my time. I listened mm-hmm. to it six tracks at a time because it's 18 on her. And I can't Jeez. take, I can't take Nikki for so much. I'm just That's being honest. a lot of, uh, but I songs. gave it a shot. I broke it down. And I could tell you the first half seemed like, all right, we're taking care of this business. Let's get this money. Mm-hmm. The second half sounded like she was really pinning and trying the bars just wasn't punching it was slapping that's when i that's when i came to the conclusion like you know what at this point she can't be she might just be too rusty with the pen maybe she hasn't wrapped that maybe she hasn't been really in her bag for that long that Mm -hmm. she just don't have it and cardi has been in her bag with this rap thing and she's getting better so it's like to me it's one of those things where rap skills like pure rap skills if you don't use it you lose it right Mm -hmm. to me personally yeah whereas though cardi has just been steadily like i'm focusing on this pen game because y'all not gonna call me no weak link yeah and the fact that she's been herself from the start so you can't ever say cardi too ratchet that's always been that's always been her nikki decided to make that switch so along with making the switch you decide to leave the pen game back Mm -hmm. now you're trying to get it back and you ain't got it and now Cardi's steady getting better. So now I'm looking at it like, at this point, you can't beat that girl. Bar for bar, you can't beat that girl. The only thing, what you gonna say? She was a stripper? We all know that. Now, I'll say this. This whole story, the the basis of this story that I'm, about, I'm doing is the fact that I think she knows that. I'm not saying the Cardi thing. I think she knows that she has lost some steam. So she gotta drum up 
publicity in any way she can. So, the whole thing with her starting with DJ Self, coming at him, and then arguing with him on Twitter. Then she gets into this extensive ass argument with Safari on Twitter. And I was like, you look like the lose, lose, you like, you losing in the situation. Because Safari really don't got nothing to lose. He He needs to get his love and hip hop checks and out here fucking whoever. Because he didn't already expose that he has a huge penis. Mm-hmm. So everybody's just like, well, Safari, yeah. I, I'll deal with him and his corny Jamaican accent. Yeah. And to get some of that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you, but you're the pop superstar or the hip hop superstar. And you're saying, oh, well, I did this for you and I did that for you. Girl, you're saying stuff that we probably already knew. Talking yes. about, oh, well, you took my car and then I paid for your hairline. I and, believe. And then, and then throwing Tiger under the bus. Like, damn, yeah, that, Tiger, that, Tiger shit had nothing to do with bro. that. First of all, I want Tiger's hairline specialist because I didn't even know. That's number one. <laughs> I, I need 12,000 in Tiger's hairline specialist. That's number one. And number two, okay, the thing about, I believe that she might have paid for his hairline, but still in her card. And then he came back and said, like, what's more believable? Safari still in her card or her giving him the card and the PIN number? Because he definitely said, oh, you mean the card that you gave me the PIN number to? Exactly. So, so I'm like, like mm. she just, she's just having a rough time of it. So now, and then you got your fans, like, stands. I'm sorry. Yeah, just stands. Okay. No she got, you got your stands out here attacking, um, oh, God, what's her, what's her name? Oh, my Lord. I. I didn't blink. No, the lady who was she was trying to get to clear the sample and she ain't cleared, so she hit the song off the album. Oh my god! Why Tracy Chapman? God damn it! Okay, wow. that was hard. Okay, so you got your fans attacking the Tracy Chapman fan page because she ain't clear a sample. Maybe because she didn't want you in your garbage ass music on it. I'm be real with you. That because why else would? somebody not clear a sample for you because they don't want you to use it and how did y'all not clear it before you made the song right so you got that they got that going she got that going on apparently they had some kind of promo on title where you could get um a trial for 9.99 or whatever so you could get the album then you put the you put that promo in and charge you 90 dollars and it was just like, That's and they had a glitch. But see, no, it was it was a glitch where it charged you ninety dollars, and then you could just download as much money as you not money, as much as much albums as you wanted in like a three hour span, and then they fixed it. I'm guessing they refunded everybody. But I'm like, you just you just count this in the L's column. Then your mama comes out and does an interview <laughs> defending your brother who molested these children. I'm listen. Y'all, can we please stop? This has to be a different a different <laughs> conversation. But can we please stop having these mothers and these uh, and sisters and all of that come out defending these men and enabling them because they just can't stand to believe that they, they son ain't shit? What? So now, and then she tried, she tried to blame Nikki and say, oh, because she was so worried about her celebrity that she wouldn't come and testify for him in court. So that made people think he was guilty. Maybe she think he's guilty. Right. Like, and she <laughs> was like, yeah, like... <laughs> Bruh, like sometimes we gotta call a spade a spade, and exactly. I feel like everybody has not everybody, but a lot of people have 
a problem calling a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. If your brother's a rapist, he's a rapist. If you got any type of morals, you're not standing for it. Especially here in like the black community. Um, yeah. They like sweeping shit. We got the shit. most issues as far as mental health. So how the hell? They like sweeping shit under the rug because Jesus nobody wants Christ. to address it. People would rather kick their daughter out if she says your your boyfriend or your husband touched me mm-hmm. than to address the husband. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a whole other thing. But it's like she just keeps having stuff count against her. Like she didn't had she had the thing with DJ Self. She had the thing with Safari. She had the now that thing with the um the title uh free trial that was going on. Her mama doing an interview. It's just like everything. It's everything going on but the album. And all that for an extra twenty thousand. She was projected to sell one thirty five. I think mm-hmm. she did twenty thousand more. But at the end of the day, it's like you're you're Nikki, so that's still well below. But she was. That's her yeah. lowest. That's her lowest first to, week sales to date. Yeah. I mean, look, look, listen. It is what it is. She's losing steam. It is what it, everybody. The thing everybody, about the rap game, yeah, everybody it, loses. Here's that's the thing, point. like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. If you. This is just, I don't know about Nikki because I, th- I don't think that she, I think she knows where she came from. Mm-hmm. But it's just like with these kids. Once these kids not popular no more and they're just like, oh, why why y'all why am I not selling albums and whatnot? Well, now you see why because music the music industry is fickle in the first place. Yeah. But y'all, everybody's so fickle here and and is so ready to throw away people after ten minutes, and you contribute to that. Mm-hmm. So now it's just retribution at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. I agree. But everybody loses steam. Yeah. In the music business, period. That's everybody just what it hits is. it. Even if you come back, you hit a rough patch. Right. That's just what it is. That's that's how the game go. And, and honestly, like at this point, first of all, I don't think I have to say I, I was never much of a. But I always respected the fact that she was able to do her thing. But if you stay away from the roots for too long, mm-hmm. you, it's hard to pick it's steam start, back it, yeah, up. Yeah, you got to get back. That's what I mean. Because I'm now like, you got to rely on your pen. You gotta rely on your stands, and you gotta rely on people who had long turned their back on you. Right. That's the that's where the pen started. The mixtape. Yes. The Nicki mixtape. Her 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 name got buzzing. Wayne signed her off the pen. They turned her into something different. Yep. But they signed her off the pen. You can't abandon a pen to try to sell more records. You still gotta keep that pen. Even like to me, if she would have just put out on the radio. You could put out a pop song, but show me that you still got them bars from 08. Mm-hmm. If you can show me that over a pop beat, I got nothing to say. But the fact that you was literally saying some BS because you knew that the beat was going to get you through, that's what's bothering me. That's what made me like, nah, you can't win. So I, and I, and I'm like, that's why you got to stay true to some point to who you are. Right. It's kind of like... I'll compare it to what people call contemporary or like adult R&B. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like when you have your Kims, your Lettuces, your Dwellers, they stay true to their audience. So even if the masses are not buying the album, they know their their, their core audience is going to buy their albums. Mm. I've bought things from Lettuces' last album and from Dwellers' last album. If I didn't buy the whole album, I at least bought singles. Because mm. I'm like, I'm going to support you because I enjoy your music. Right. So it's like you got to stay... In that you have to keep them in your pocket to right. some degree, or once all of the regular kids have moved on to somebody else because that's what that's music what does, doing, yeah. you have somebody there to pick up the pieces with. Yeah, I, I think if Cardi keeps rapping, she's gonna be all right for a while. <laughs> if she keeps rapping, though, yeah, 
she got to keep rapping. That's I think that's the key. You got to keep rapping. So she can get better at it. That's what it is. She does need, she needs work. Yeah. As I, a, a lyricist, she needs work. But I think she, that she's trying to do uh, what she can to progress. I think, listen, I think over that G-Eazy beat, that's when she had me like, oh, she's getting there. She really trying. She's getting there. And she fits into the mold for now. Now, right. will five years from now, will Cardi still be around? Maybe not. Well, that's but, the, but that's all about the pen game. I think the pink game, yeah. But I think that she's on this wave. She's on the wave right now. The wave right now is the mumble party rap. But I, I think she's on that wave. But five years from now, it might be something different. It might be, but I think the Migo, well, as long as she went all set, I think I'll take it out. Bumble! Yo, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got real mad. It's, it's, it's just not. <laughs> My bad. But we're going to move on because I don't want to dwell on it too long. I don't want to make the show extra, extra long. Okay. We're already an hour in. So, the last topic I have for the day. The last topic I have for today is about the illustrious Miss Lauren Hill. So, Robert Glasper. If you don't know who Robert Glasper is, uh, do your Googles. Um, Find him on the interwebs. He is a jazz artist. He has several um, hit jazz albums and singles. Um, He's done work by himself. He's done work with the Robert Glasper Experiment and with the Robert Glasper Trio. Um, Great, great artist. I've seen him in concert. I think he's dope. Mm -hmm. So he comes, he's doing an interview. And this this is a thing now because I've done a couple shows where we talk to somebody saying crazy shit in interviews. Mm -hmm. Just like with the Slim Thug thing with Beyonce and, um, oh Lord, my God, my bad y'all, with Sierra and Russell Simmons. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Damn it, yo! I'm going. Am I? I'm hungry. I'm sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's food sitting here on the table. I'm not trying to eat in y'all ears. So, bear, bear with me here. She better than me. So, the with the whole thing with Sierra and Russell Wilson, he said something in an interview. A lot of times, people are in interviews, and it's just like somebody asks you a question and you answer, and everybody like, "Well, why are you bringing up X, Y, and Z?" Because somebody asked me. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't. I don't think anybody asked C, um, Slim Thug about Sierra. <laughs> that was that was the problem with him. Like nobody asked you, bro. It's kind of like, oh, like you know, perfect example, Kevin Hart's ex-wife. People always always talking about why she be talking about him because niggas is constantly asking her about Kevin. Like she don't have no other life. But that's neither here nor there. So he was in an interview, and somebody said, "Tell me something. Tell me a person who was difficult to work with." And he was just like. All right, you got to go with me here, but I'm going to say Lauren Hill. So somebody's like, I'm, I'm mad the interviewer try, kind of trying to act like it was like a surprise because it's not a surprise to anyone that Lauren Hill has issues. But he comes in and says that she was difficult to work with and proceeds to tell a story about the first time they ever interacted where she wanted him to work. She wanted to work with him and then had told him, you got to come to my house and audition. Now, at the time that he said, she said, come to my house and audition, he had a number one jazz album on the chart. And I'm pretty sure he had a Grammy at the time. You want, you want to know what that sounds like? What? Come to my house and audition. That sounds like a casting couch type thing. <laughs> I don't think that was it, I'm, I'm not saying that's what it is, but that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it that sounds sound, like rape culture. It do sound hella dirty. <laughs> but this the thing. So he was like, well, no. I, first of all, I'm out on the road. 
because I'm an actual established artist and I'm not coming to your house if you want to listen to my work listen to my number one jazz album mm-hmm. and let me know what you think so they never that never materialized mm-hmm. he said he had a homie came to him about 10, 10 or so years ago and she was doing doing a show and they were paying her half a million dollars for a 20 minute show bro mm. so she gets all these these people together and he said it was like a super band so i'm presuming these are people who are very good at their craft who have worked in the industry for quite a while mm-hmm. and she comes in every day and changes the music and then eventually the day before the show says oh has somebody else come in and say i don't like she doesn't like what y'all have been doing so she's gonna cut y'all pay in half bitch you are getting a half a million dollars for a 20 minute show mm. what so Robert Glasper, this is the funniest part of the interview to me. He was like, I remember I was eating a beef patty. <laughs> and I That's looked at them and I said, all right, when I finish this beef patty, I'm going home. It's <laughs> <I was laughs> like, yo, I'm going to sit here and look at y'all while I'm eating. And then I'm out. Like, Good. So he was like, this is the day before the show. And he's a principal piano player. Mm-hmm. They're going to need him. And he yeah. knows that. So he runs, he leaves and they run out and say, Oh my God, what do we need to do? Because we need you for tomorrow. She was like, well, first of all, y'all need to wire me my money right now up front because now I don't trust y'all. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, she got out tripping. Yeah. So he said he left and he didn't do that the, that last rehearsal. And he came back the next day and did the show. And <laughs> for a little, a little um, payback, he started playing Joyful Joyful <laughs> from Sister Act 2. And she sang the first couple lines of it. And then, excuse me, and then he went back to, and then she was like, well, can we go back to the, the, the song now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I thought that was kind of funny. No, I, I think it's funny, too. But he was just like, look, you haven't done enough. And when I first, because that was the headline of the story when I um, first saw this. And he was like, you haven't done enough to act like this. So I, uh, I immediately clicked it because I was curious. I'm like, okay. But he, what he said was, I've met and worked with Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Quincy Jones, Herbie Hancock, all kinds of people who have done um, tremendous things mm-hmm. for music. And they are all down-to-earth, wonderful people. You have not done enough in this industry or for the game to be acting the way you do. Because he also said that his homie who got him this gig was like, you can't look her in the eye and you got to call her Miss Hill. Oh, I heard about that. What? You are my peer. Yeah. I'm not here. I may be working for you at the moment mm-hmm. because we are, um, because I'm your band, mm-hmm. but we are peers. What? Like, I'm, that's like me saying to my coworker who is not like a subordinate or anything, you call me Miss Foster, you don't look me in my eye. Like, what? No way. I, no. So he was like, she said him. She said to him to do something. He was like, okay, Lauren. And a lot of people reading it, it was like half and half. Some people reading it was like, he sounds arrogant too, and blah blah blah. And other people were just like, to me, that don't really sound that arrogant. No, it's no. just like I know my worth. You not fit to demean me That's because you think about. you somebody. Hey. And this is not the first time I've heard it. So it's like, bro, you. She really needs to get a grip. I love the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Top to bottom. She looks like she's still miseducated. But this is that was your one and only album twenty years ago, and that's what he said. He said, "I know you still music because he worked. He worked with some of the folks. Like he knows some of the people that she, she worked with from? on Miseducation, and yeah. she stole from. And everybody's like, this is old. It's not old if it's relevant. Yeah. If you 
stole music from these people and you never gave them their credit and we know it's true because they sued you and won which is why she can't do her songs mm, in concert like okay. she's supposed to and that's why she chops up everything and acts crazy at the concerts because she doesn't have the rights to the songs anymore if you had just given them their production credits way back when you wouldn't have this problem now and he's like if you are a musical genius which he was like I think she is very talented do it again right right that's what this is really about. It's a good you and it's like, me lately game. We know you can rap because you were with the Fugees and you were a force to be reckoned with. She carried them. Let's be honest. She carried them. I'm not a I'm not gonna ever discount her talent. My issue is you can't be out here treating people like shit. That's anybody. I don't even care if you're a legend. You should that's just something you, you don't can't do. be out here treating people like shit because then it just it just comes back. The biggest ROI, and I'm taking this from, I'm quoting Gary Vaynerchuk, the biggest ROI in life is simply being nice, simply being polite. That's the biggest return of investment because that goes a long way. If you're nice to people when you're on top, guess what happens when you fall? Exactly. They, they're willing to help you up. Right. Because maybe if you hadn't have been so crazy to so many people along the way, you could have put out another Lauren Hill album. Mm-hmm. And it would have been just as dope as Miss Education. But it's like, you can't be shitting on people like this. And a lot of people were just like, well, who is he? And blah, blah, blah. This is another problem we have as a collective. Just because you don't know somebody. Don't mean they ain't nobody. Exactly. That does not dismiss their credibility. Some of the some of the people with no names got the most money and the most pull. Exactly. This is a person who's had at least two or three albums in the last five or so years that have been hit albums, Mm -hmm. and still working with big names in the game because he is just that dope. So it's like. Just because you don't listen to jazz or because you don't listen to his branded music doesn't mean that he's nobody. Do you know every R&B singer, every country star, every um, pop star? No, you don't know their name. But that doesn't mean that they're nobody. Well, where the they're problem. in their field. That's a problem. You can't be over a question of who so-and-so is when you only listen to rap. Exactly. You got to broaden your scope here. You know, that's why this show is called Hip Hop Culture and Beyond. Because mm. I am a huge hip hop head, but... There's no way I could ever fully appreciate mm-hmm. hip-hop if I didn't know everything else that went into it sure. or everything else that came before it. And if we're being honest, that's probably why hip-hop won't die anytime soon because there's so much fused into it. It's mm-hmm. not It's not just this big original sound. It's chopped. It's, it's, it's a sample of everything mm-hmm. from rock to classic R&B to jazz. It's a sample of so many things. That's why it won't die. So, yeah. Well, on that note, I think we can um, end the show here. So, you got anything else you want to say to the folks before we get out of here? Listen, I'm going to keep telling y'all to follow your favorite cousin because <laughs> your mama told you to. Okay. <laughs> All right. Follow, <laughs> follow me on Instagram at left underscore brain 88. Follow me on Facebook at Mayor Franklin. Also, like that page, left underscore brain. Drunk Thought, Sober Tongue, another episode will be coming soon, and it will have Nina back on here, and it will have my crazy self, and this time we'll try to get Brian on the track, too, if he ain't too busy being bougie, eating McDonald's and all that good stuff. <laughs> he over there being, look at him being bougie in the other room. He don't even want to look at us. He acted like Lauren Hill. Oh, don't look me in the eye. Don't look me in the eye. Call me, me Mr. Mr. Wilma. Nothing, no. Adjust me as BMW. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, y'all, um, make sure you check us out on um, all podcast platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's iTunes, 
uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, SoundCloud. Make sure you check out Spaces Philly, who is doing a revamp at the moment. Um, and their website is not up right now, but when it comes back up, they're going to have a lot of new exciting stuff for you guys. So check mm-hmm. them out. Um, make sure you check out my wonderful other halves podcast, um, Nerdgasm Talk and No Gimmicks Needed. So if you're into the nerd stuff, you can go over and listen to Nerdgasm Talk on all of the podcast platforms. And uh, if you're into wrestling, you can go yes. listen to No Gimmicks Needed <laughs> on all the podcast platforms that are available. Um, and if you need to reach them um you can reach him at the real nerd coalition at gmail.com that is also the name of their youtube channel um just go to youtube and type in the uh, nerd coalition and they'll pop right up for you i am also around sometimes but you know it's his channel so go check him out give him some love um and i do not unfortunately have a uh, anywhere to reach me right now i'm you know i have some social media in the works Oh, she uh, so you, shut up. I have some um some social media in the works so we can try and get a page up and going mm-hmm. um for the podcast. Um at least on Facebook because I only have Facebook right now. Mm. I'm kinda old. My mm-hmm. bad. So but uh you know, thanks for listening. I appreciate y'all coming back to kick it with us for another week. Hold on, this nerd. The thing about the nerd coalition, I just got to get this one last thing oh off. It sounds like they' about to have a revolution. Oh my god! It's gonna band together. We tired of y'all for what y'all did to us when we was kids, and it's gonna be a whole thing that's just been to happen. I'm, you know what? That's see, why I got on Brian's side immediately. And this is why we gotta go now. <laughs> because here he go with the nonsense. Oh my god, y'all! The turntable crew is out. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.